What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The following podcast contains explicit language. How much did you, Prince Harry, know about Meghan? Had you seen her on TV? No, I'd, I'd never, <laughs> never even heard about her until this friend said Meghan Markle. I was like, right, okay, give me a Give me a bit of background, what's, <laughs> like what's going on here. I'd never watched Suits, I'd, I'd never heard of Megan before, mm-hmm. and I was beautifully surprised when I, when I walked into that room and saw her, and there she was sitting there, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to really have to up, up my game. <laughs> I'm going to sit down and have a, and make sure I've got a good show. Hello, hello, and welcome to Represent. I'm Aisha Harris, and unless you've been living under a rock or care even less about these things than I do, you'll know that we're just days away from the historic royal wedding of Prince Harry and American-born, former star of the show Suits, Meghan Markle. So in advance of the big event, our friend Kristen Meinzer, co-host of the podcast By the Book and When Meghan Met Harry, returned to the show to chat about her obsession with the royals and to explain to me, a royal skeptic, why I shouldn't be so cynical about the love the two of them share. So without further ado, grab your fascinators and let's dig into this highly publicized romance. Joining me in the studio today is my dear colleague, Kristen Meinzer, who many of our listeners may recognize. You were on our show like probably, I don't know, six months ago, a while back ago to talk about how much you loved uh, the great American Bake Off. Yes, it was a spinoff of the Great British Bake Off. And it was featuring Americans and... Sadly, that show is no longer with us because there was a Me Too moment with one of the judges on the show. So yes, we we that, had actually the last. Yanked. Yeah, we had actually the last winner of that uh, season. Oh, on that's right, she was well. on. Oh, yes. I felt so bad for her. Yes, yes, but well, R.I.P. But today, Kristen, you are here to talk about something a lot more exciting and happy. <laughs> yes, the happiest thing in the whole world that you are also very obsessed with, which is the wedding of Prince Harry. To Meghan Markle. That's right. American <laughs> Hollywood star, woman of color, divorcee. I'm just going to say it again. American. She is marrying Prince Harry. I know. And I just cannot tell you how excited I've been about this. And I've been a royal watcher my entire life. Mm-hmm. My mother was an Anglophile. I was brought up to care very deeply about all of the stuff that happens in this family, the weddings, the affairs, the beheadings, all the inbreeding, whoa, whoa, all whoa, of the stuff. I'm totally into the whole royal family. What, what beheadings? Oh, back in history. This family's been oh, going you mean, like, at it for like back. 1,300 okay. years. Okay. They're like the longest running reality show family ever. And it's always drama. It is always drama. And what what will I think make this interesting is that I I bring you here because I am a very passive, I don't, I don't give a... I know you don't care, <laughs> but I do find it very fascinating our nation's obsession with this, especially considering the fact that we like fought to get away from the British people. <laughs> we yet- fought, but <laughs> at the same time, we're obsessed with the royals. And even I'm sure you already know this. Even when George Washington first became president, Americans wanted him to be a king, and he's like, "I know that's not what things are about here, guys. That's what we were fighting against. I'm not going to be a king." So we have a long history of you know being either used to the royals or being obsessed with the royals or thinking that maybe there's something great about having a king or a queen. Yeah. Look at all the Disney movies. We love princesses. We love kings. So for someone like myself, 
I, I, I get an idea. I've read a lot about her since I discovered she existed, <laughs> which is when... You're talking about Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle, yes. And so, like, why... First of all, why do you care specifically about Meghan Markle? Like, what makes her different, aside from her obviously being a woman of color, because that's a big deal. But, like, what about her is so fascinating and Can't I make that endearing? the first on my list, though? That is... Yeah. Honestly, that is the first thing on my list. Mm. For centuries, the royal family has conquered or ruled or taken over or annexed places where the people have a complexion more like yours or mine. Yes. And yet they would never deem to marry those people. They wouldn't consider it appropriate to marry anybody who looked like me or you Mm -hmm. for centuries. And now they actually have somebody joining the family who looks like London, who looks like Jamaica, who looks like Hong Kong, who looks like all of these places in the world, there's a little bit more melanin. And finally, all these places that had to wave flags and say, God save the queen, that never actually were represented in the family. Meghan Markle looks a little bit more like all those people. And that's very meaningful to me. So it's not just like, oh, isn't it great? There's a black woman in there. No, it's that you ruled over millions of people for centuries. And none of those people ever got to be in the palace. Yeah. I guess where I get a little, um, where obviously this is a show about representation and I think that representation is so important. And I also think that Megan seems to carry herself very well and seems very smart and very aware of like what this means. Like she's going into this very open-eyed as someone who is of mixed uh, heritage. At the same time, it's like the reason why this is all happening is just because she like, met and fell in love with someone which to me feels like sort of just antiquated in a way like it's oh. not like she's one yeah i i, I want to hear your thoughts okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's so she yes she is i guess forging a path and is making her way and in, in a way in i don't want to say infiltrating but like she is 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 taking on this uh, position that no woman of color, at least as far as we know, has been able to do. Not but, officially so. Not officially so. But is that p- progress? Do you, do you think that well, that's I'm like gonna, a I'm, great thing? I'm going to say something here. Mm-hmm. Your idea that love is not revolutionary breaks my heart because is there any romance in that heart of yours? It love was- is a revolutionary <laughs> act. Think about, I mean... Here. Isn't it truly re- revolutionary for a gay person to be able to say, as, as a gay man, I love this man? Or is it truly revolutionary for a white prince who for hundreds and hundreds of years, princes like him had to marry a certain kind of woman, regardless of whether or not they wanted to? Yeah. And for him to say, no, this is the woman I love. And that is a revolutionary act, to love who you want to love and move forward with your relationship the way you want to move forward with it. I think that's beautiful and revolutionary. I don't see it as antiquated. Yeah. I mean, I just, they only, they've only they've been dating less than two years. Like, I feel like the whole. I got married on my two year anniversary of dating and they are too. I don't think that's a bad thing to get married after two years. Here, I, I, would, I would feel I, differently if it was like after four weeks. I don't know. Here's where I reveal like my personal thoughts about people in relationships, which like obviously it's not <laughs> none of my business because everyone should do what they want to do. And it just feels in a way antiquated might be the wrong word, but to to place so much significance on her for a choice she made that is romantic to me doesn't feel as uh, 
I don't know, empowering in a way, if that's yeah, if that's I mean, the right they're word. not changing structural racism. They're not changing the laws on the books. They're not changing, you know, thousands of years of history of oppression. They're not doing that. And I get that. I get what you're saying there. Yeah. But I still think love is a revolutionary force. And I, I look, I'm actually really happy that, that people see that in themselves. And it, it just is very fascinating to me to I have I've seen a lot of my friends, black female friends who are just like, yes, this is this is exciting. And I wish I could feel that way. I wish and I don't wish but like I wish I could feel that way about it but I also it's even less so about Megan herself and more so just about the fact that like I really don't care like the royal family to me is just so I and you're not alone I know especially in the UK a lot of people feel like this is a waste of my tax dollars who are these self-anointed gods why do we have these people who are in castles I don't know why this is happening a lot of people feel that way, both in the U.S., in the U.K., and the rest of the world. So, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm going to be honest here. I think I'm in the minority. I think a lot of people are interested, follow them. A lot of people don't care about them. Very few people are as obsessed as I am, I'm sure. So I think I'm probably in the minority with my level of obsession. Maybe, but again, they, they sell those, you know, all those tabloids. They still sell very well. And, That's true. You know, and maybe not in New York here because, you know, but like. I'm oh, yeah, sure. even in New York. I'm, uh, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. The covers of Us Weekly, In mm. Touch, if you look at them every week, that's what it is ever since the relationship started. And it really amped up after the wedding date was announced. And I mean, tourism related to the royals, that's the number one source of money coming in mm-hmm. to the UK. So, yeah. you know, I guess I take it back. A lot of people are as obsessed as I am. <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So I don't want to, obviously, I don't want to shit on your love of the the royals because listening to your podcast that we haven't even mentioned your podcast, which is crazy. You do a wonderful podcast with James Barr. Mm-hmm. James yes, Barr. he's an MTV UK host and he's wonderful. And yes, so he's across the pond and your show, When Meghan Met Harry, you both are just so enthusiastic and I get it. I get the obsession because I obsess over similar things in the same way that you do. And you you go into all these very interesting topics about astrology and and the way their marriage is is working. You talk a lot about Samantha, her her very, can we say bitchy? Our official title for her is Megan's bitch older half-sister Samantha. That's like the full (laughs) title for her every time we mention her. Yes, yes. And and recent episode, you had a whole like discussion of fascinators, which I didn't, I'd never heard of them before. Can you? Briefly explain what a fascinator is. Oh, they're just supposed to be fascinating. You put them in your hair or on your head, and yeah, they're, they're kind of like hats, only they're useless. They they don't actually keep the sun or the rain off of you. They're really just there to catch your eye. Yeah. And, and to be beautiful and to be interesting. Or in the case of 
princesses Eugenie and Beatrice at, I don't know if you saw this because you don't follow the royals, but uh, during the wedding of Wills and Kate, they famously wore fascinators, one of which looked kind of like a toilet bowl cover. I yeah. do. Re- I actually do remember that because uh, I, I remember it sparking up. I think it sparked up comparisons to Aretha Franklin's hat at Obama's. Oh, yes. She had quite a hat. <laughs> yes. I remember that hat. At Obama's well. inauguration. Yes. So I, re- I remember, <laughs> yes, I, I remember the, the comparisons there. But so I do want to talk about, like, are you guys going to talk about, we're, when we're recording this is, is a little bit far out from when the actual wedding is happening. But before the wedding happens, there is going to be a Lifetime movie about... Oh, we are so pumped. Megan and Harry. Have you watched the trailer 200 times like trailer. I have? I watched it like four times. Hi there. Hey. So, uh, what is it you do? I'm kind of the Prince of England. There goes my heart. Did you get a little bit emotional? No, but oh. I found it. Re- <laughs> but I did. I kept. I watched it four times because I was really astonished by the casting. Like they actually look like if you squint hard enough, the guy who's playing Harry looks like Harry, and the woman playing Megan really does look like they could be like siblings, maybe. So much better than when they did the Wills and Kate one. The Wills and Kate. <laughs> it's like really, you just found anybody with brown hair to play Kate, and you found any white guy and said you're Wills. Oh, my God. The last oh was very, very bad. So this time around, I think they accepted the criticism from the last movie and they said, we're going to do better with Harry and Meghan. We know that a lot of people have their eye on this wedding. More people are going to watch this than any other royal wedding that's ever taken place. My theory is this will be the most watched event ever in human history. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons you've you've given is obviously it's the fact that this is an American woman marrying into yes. the royal family. Yes, and, and of, absolutely. Of course, you know, I, I, I can totally understand that that wanting to see that happen. And and when I was on your show for an episode, even though I don't don't care about them, <laughs> you, you all brought me on to talk about the Spice Girls. And, yes. and at that time, there were rumors that the Spice Girls might be playing at the wedding. Unfortunately, it seems like that's not going to happen. But I don't know, because they go back and forth maybe on things, and maybe it'll be a surprise thing at the reception. That, can you imagine them popping up, and, and then all of a sudden it's like, there's fire and there's things flying from the floor, yes. because that's how their wedding is going to happen. There'll be, like, rigged things happening, and then all of a sudden they're just like, if you want to be mad now, <laughs> it's a, it'll be so amazing. I'm already, I see, that's the one thing I'm, like, really excited about, if that if that, if that happen. happens, then you are going to have to switch teams and be on my side of all this. <laughs> You're going to have to be pro-royal after that. Look, if Megan and Harry can bring the Spice Girls back together, I'm all for it. That is a force for love, which is revolutionary. <laughs> See? It all comes full circle. It, it all does. But yeah, we're, we're going to go back to your original question. Are we going to talk about this Lifetime movie? Obviously. We've talked about the trailer. We've talked about the casting. And I mean... Megan, I, I can't even imagine how she feels to be somebody who has made made for television movies and then to be the subject of one. Wait, so can you talk a little bit, describe the the two that she's done? She's done two Hallmark movies, yes. right? Okay. Yes. The first one is called When Sparks Fly, which is so good. And it's a Fourth of July themed one. And it is the story of a woman who's a journalist in the big city. She's looking for the next big story. And it turns out her editors want her to go back home and cover her family business that she grew up in. Her parents make fireworks and put on fireworks displays. And when she goes back to her hometown to cover how the business gets ready every year for the 4th of July displays, she finds out that her ex-boyfriend is now getting married to one of her best friends. 
And this friend of hers, who's kind of a bridezilla, she's kind of high maintenance, asks, can you help me plan this wedding? So now she has to help plan the wedding of her friend and her ex-boyfriend while covering the story of her family's fireworks business, which she realizes is going under. It's financially really in trouble. And I don't want to give away the editing, but I will say the title is not lying. Sparks <laughs> do fly. They it sounds do. like a combination of like the wedding planner meets 27 dresses meets every rom-com in which the lead character is a journalist or works in media of some sort. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And I'm not going to lie. I love Hallmark movies. I've seen many, many Hallmark movies. I love the Christmas ones. I the love Christmas Spring ones. Fever. I love, um, I think they changed the title. I think it used to be called the fall in love movies, but it's like autumn harvest now, I think they call them. Mm-hmm. Um, summer nights, all their movies like, you know, when sparks fly. Yeah. I, I, I mean, love all of their movies. Well, I will say, even though you think that I have no love in my heart, I do enjoy a very bad Hallmark movie, Christmas movies especially. Oh, I know so how much good. you love, because you were always talking about it on By the Book. Yes, I'm obsessed with Christmas. One of my favorite podcasts. I love Christmas movies. Um, and it, it's... I. I do enjoy them. And I think it's really kind of fitting that we're coming back around where there's a Lifetime movie made about her as someone who she would I wouldn't say she was the queen of these this this genre because she's only a couple of very respected ones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other one is called The Dater's Handbook. And in that movie, she uses a self-help book to help find the right man. And she starts dating somebody who should be, according to her self-help books, Mr. Right. But maybe there's somebody else who she likes a little bit more. Mm. Is she going to follow her heart? I don't know. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. <laughs> you just have to watch the movie. <laughs> well, it's it's I want to talk a little bit more about her her acting career because she actually put out, I think this was in 2016, she wrote for the UK version of Elle an op-ed about being a biracial person and what it's meant for her to evolve and sort of embrace that and how it's actually affected her career as well. And I have to be honest, again, when I first realized she existed and she was (laughs) marrying, because I've never watched Suits and was marrying Prince Harry. I was like, oh, I didn't know she was black. She, I think she says in this op-ed, you know, she's been deemed ethnically ambiguous, which is like a terrible thing, but like that's something she's wrestled with. And so I found that piece that she wrote in Elle for, um, to be very fascinating. And it's interesting the way in which in a lot of movies and TV shows that she's been in, her parents have been cast as like both white. Yeah, the Hallmark movies. Yeah. Her parents are cast as two white people. Which is interesting because I'm trying to think of a Hallmark movie where the lead was a woman of color. And is she the only one? No, some of their Christmas movies, there are women of color in the leads. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Vanessa Williams. Yeah. Oh, right. Vanessa. That's true. I guess Vanessa Williams is is an exception. Didn't Tia Mowry do a couple? And then Tia Mowry. um, Yeah. um, uh, Million. Oh, oh, what's her name? Christina Christina Million. Um, What about? You're right. So, I mean, the Christmas ones for sure. True. um, Yeah. So, although to be fair, those those women are all like well, fairly well known outside of Hallmark, whereas like. A lot of these Hallmark movies, I feel, star white, random white women who kind of no one's ever heard of. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I think you have to, the high, the bar is a little bit higher generally for a woman of color to get a Hallmark movie. Like That's you possible. have to have established some sort of career outside of that. Yeah. Except for Meghan Markle. Except for Meghan. Who then is cast with two white parents. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, so, But yeah, the, the L article that you're talking about, um, I just love how forthright she is about it. And... I don't know if Hollywood really 
appreciates the fact that she is talking about it because I think Hollywood frequently says, hey, just be marketable to everyone. Don't talk about this. Mm-hmm. But she's been honest about it and on suits her character, Rachel, which, by the way, Meghan Markle's real first name is Rachel. Her name is Rachel Meghan Markle. But her character on suits is named Rachel. And Rachel at one point even says, I think it's to her boyfriend on the show during one of the earlier seasons, she actually says, well, hold on, you didn't realize I was half black? Did you think I was just tan? She's pretty much saying. And Wendell Pierce plays her dad on the show, and we all love Wendell Pierce. I can't speak for you. I, I, I love I love uh, Wendell Pierce so much, and I want too. him to be my fake dad, too. Doesn't everybody <laughs> want him to be your fake dad? Wendell Pierce is amazing. I he's just amazing. And he, what he's said about Megan and how happy he is for her and the honor of being her fake dad <laughs> is just like, oh, my God. It's yeah. beautiful. It's beautiful. I love Wendell Pierce. But, yeah, she's talked about this in interviews. She has, you know, played it out on Suits. She's made it very clear that she is black and she is white and she loves her mother so much. And and her mother is black. And her mother is black and her mother has dreadlocks and her mother um, has been ruthlessly made fun of by some of the British tabloids. Um, they've pretty much, in so many words without saying it, pretty much said that she's a thug or she's a gangster without using those words. Uh, straight out of Compton, I think, was one of the lines when it's like, oh, actually, no, she's actually not. Um, she and her dad. Um, ac- she was working in Hollywood, and Megan's dad is an Emmy Award-winning lighting designer. <laughs> and it's like her mother is a licensed social worker and a yoga instructor who used to also work in Hollywood. So the idea of in any way framing her as a thug or anything like that was clearly just the British press being totally racist. Uh, but it, it, it reminds me so much of the way in which our our press treated Obama. Or, or and even, continues to. And Michelle. And, and yes. like in, you know, painting them as gorillas and saying that Michelle, in so many words, not saying it, but like she's not attractive. And she's mannish. She's, she's mannish. Yeah. Because I mean, she's very built and has great arms that I want to have myself. <laughs> and it's just, it does, it, it is interesting to see the way in which her, um, her entering into this family and, and also, you know, I, to, to put it both ways, like Harry's also entering into her family, which is seems kind of dysfunctional right now, just based on the people who seem to be crawling out of the woodwork. I don't think Megan's family is any more dysfunctional than the rest of our families. Uh, it's not as bad seeking? as like Tori Spelling's family. Attention or seeking, I think. Is oh the, yeah, the she's word. she's got like third rung cousins and half siblings and so on who all are itching to get into the limelight now that Megan's right. marrying into the royals, but. Her parents seem totally, totally cool and chill. Especially her mom. Her mom seems fantastic. Her mom seems completely down to earth and Megan's tight with her mom. But, I mean, I think this happens in a lot of families. One member of the family suddenly gets international acclaim and then all of the hangers on come out of the woodwork and try to be famous too or try to write books too or try to give interviews too. Yeah. What do you think? We we mentioned Sam briefly, but... What has the book come oh, out? I'm yet? sorry, did you say Megan's bitch older half sister Samantha? Is that what you just said? <laughs> she is she has a book coming out apparently. Or it did it already come out? It, I have Yeah, no idea. it's um by have the you, time this episode comes out, the book may or may not exist. Are you gonna read it? Oh or are you not even gonna give that I'm not giving money lunch. to her. Yeah. No. Princess Pushy and something something is the book title. Um she's pretty much making fun of 
Megan. She is calling her an opportunist, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, it's interesting. So there's also another book coming out. The royal biographer, I guess, Andrew Morton, has a oh, book coming out. Oh, screw him. So, so, uh, yeah. His sources are the worst. They're like Megan's ex-husband and you know, oh, wow, wow, wow. We don't like how Megan drinks her tea. She has to learn how to drink tea like a Brit. Oh, I mean, these God. are the supposed stories he was able to uncover for his book. So one of the claims he makes uh, that I read in an interview, or I think this is just a pull quote from an interview he gave about the book, but he basically said, implied that the reason why the queen is so happy about this, he compared their relationship um, Harry and Meghan's relationship to to sort of like rebooting a show or a franchise and he said if you were sitting in a script office in Hollywood and you said give me a character that will make the royal family relevant for the next 100 years they would have said okay she's biracial divorced and an actor like really do we do we really think that the queen like look I have all my feelings about the queen obviously we've already discussed how I feel about that but I don't be to me. I think they're so stodgy and in their old ways to the point where I don't think that this is like a a pure vanity thing. Like they, don't, I don't think they think it's going to be better press just because he's marrying a woman of color who's divorced and used to be an actor. Like I, that just seems even my small little heart. (laughs) (laughs) Even you find that questionable. Even I think that like that's giving them a lot of like just making it more insidious I think than it could ever really be. Well I'm just going to say we interviewed recently Katie Nichols who is also a royal biographer and who's actually been friends with Harry since he was 17 and who's actually very tight with the family and knows all sorts of things. Is there any chance that she's the one who introduced them? Um, no. Because she did not. mutual friends? No, she did not. She okay. is actually the author of Harry, Life, Loss, and Love, which um, just came out. And she also did another biography of Harry and Wills. She's very tight with all of them. And everything that she told me when I talked with her is that the royals were incredibly excited about this union just because they were worried about Harry. Harry's a really sensitive guy. He's talked about mental health. He's been very open about... Uh, needing help over the years and mm-hmm. never properly or fully reckoning with the loss of his mother. And um, I'm sure you know this already, or maybe you don't, but he and Wills and Kate have a foundation called Heads Together, which is all about destigmatizing mental health and mm-hmm. giving people access to mental health resources. And they were very worried about him. He's a sensitive guy. He feels very deeply. He loves very deeply. And he was lonely. And his best friend, Wills, was married and had two kids and all of his friends were getting married. And according to Katie Nichols, the family was just so overjoyed when they met Meghan because they'd never seen him so in love before. And Prince Philip in particular really clicked with her and thought that she was just the most fantastic. I know, Philip? the look of shock on your face. <laughs> Philip, okay. That's what I said to him. I'm like, what? Are you kidding, Philip? I was very for, shocked for when Katie know, Nichols said that. Philip is... <laughs> Just the king of racial and misogynistic gaffes. Uh, he's said many, many terrible things in yes. public, and they cannot all be discounted as just the ramblings of an old man. He's 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 kind of terrible. But apparently, those two really, really clicked. But the whole family just was so overjoyed because they were worried about Harry. The family was incredibly happy when they saw how incredibly in love he was with Meghan, and how much the adoration 
went both ways. And what's not to love about Megan? She's brilliant. And Harry, according to Katie Nichols, was so bowled over by her intelligence. She's not just a pretty face. She's not just a hanger on. She's not a star fucker. She's not trying to be famous by being with him. She already had her own established career. She was already a UN ambassador. She was already somebody who was vocal even at age 11, speaking out against Procter and Gamble as a feminist. Yes. She's been a vocal feminist, uh, children's rights, animal rights activist since she was a kid. Yeah. And he was blown away by her. What's not to be impressed by? Mm. Okay. I get it. I can I can find some compassion in my heart for their romance and their and how she's turned his life around and hopefully he's also done the same for her because these things should go both ways and making each other very happy and and excited for life. So I think it does go both ways, but yeah. even better it's the gift that gives back to all of us who love them. <laughs> I'm so glad you are like we're just totally game with my pushing back against. Oh, I'm used <laughs> to it. I'm shit. used to it. I hear it every day, but I'm so glad you welcomed me onto your show anyway. And of course. we loved having you on our show. And it's just it's a joy. I always love talking with you, Aisha. Same. Before we leave, as far as the actual wedding goes when it's televised, what time do we have to wake up to watch this? Because obviously, I think they're five or six hours ahead of us here on the East Coast. Yes. And then, you know, for the rest of the country, even even earlier. Yes. It's going to be 12 noon GMT. I am going to be there. And um, I'm flying out to London a couple days earlier. The wedding is actually in Windsor, Windsor Castle. So Wait, um, what are you wearing? A fascinator. And James Barr is going to wear a fascinator. We've decided that he's going to wear a pink one and I'm going to wear a blue one. Nice. We're going to be cheering. We're going to be screaming, possibly crying. We're going to be very, very <laughs> excited. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. Wait, so were you, are you just going to cover or were you actually invited? Did you get an invitation? Sadly, our invites must have gotten lost in the mail. We're still waiting for them. We don't know what happened there. I think that's what uh, her her nephew said or something, right? On TV when he was interviewed. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that's what a lot of her, her relatives from the third rungs of her oh, yeah. family tree. We don't said. care about them. They're not invited. You guys are not invited. Not invited. <laughs> yeah. And around the world, people are having uh, pajama and tiara parties. I know of several that are happening in New York. There are different British pubs that are opening early and uh, showing the wedding where people can celebrate and have Pim's cups and champagne and so on early in the day. And I just think it's going to be a fantastic day of celebration all over the world. And I'm just thrilled and excited when it's happening. That's so exciting. I'm so excited for you because I know how much, obviously, how much you love this. So that's going to be a monumental event. Well, um, I'll send you lots of pictures, Aisha. Good, good. I want to see lots of pictures. Okay. And send me all the people wearing fascinators. Oh, yes, I will. I'll do that. Thanks. Thank you. Well, that is all. Kristen will be covering the big event for the BBC and the CBC, and you can look out for her on-the-ground tweets at Kristen Meinzer. You can also check out her shows by the book and When Meghan Met Harry, a royal wedding cast, wherever you find your podcasts. And if you're planning to watch Harry and Meghan, a royal romance on Lifetime, let us know on our Slate Represent Facebook page. Represent is produced by the lovely, amazing Verlyn Williams. Our wonderful social media assistant is Marissa Martinelli. And our intro-outro music is performed by the sweet San Francisco funk soul band Midtown Social. Ta-ta for now!